Hi, my name is Irina Barnett. And I'm Isabella Magidson, and we are the co-host of the Moments That Define Us podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. It's going to be a good one. But before we dive into our episode, for our new listeners, we wanted to give a brief introduction of who we are and why we decided to start this podcast. Yeah, so my name is Isabella, and I grew up in a small town, and I met Irina around 20 years ago. She was my au pair, and for those of you who don't know what an au pair is, it's a live-in nanny that's usually from another country, and they usually live um, with the family for one year. My name is Irina, and I'm originally from Ukraine, and since I was Isabella's au pair, we kept in touch for the past 20 years, and we decided, why don't we start a podcast? The, the reason we decided to start the podcast is because the way the world is right now, where there's so much divide, sharing a story is so important because I feel like we are so much more similar and we have so much in common that we realize. We want this podcast to give the vibe of two friends in a coffee shop sharing a cup of tea while spilling the tea. Hi, Bella. Hi, Irina. How are you today? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. We're in a new studio. We are Studio. Studio. Fancy, you guys. We're in a new studio, a.k.a. my house. And we are working on, what is this little table? Children's size table. <laughs> yeah, it is. So our equipment, and we will post a video or a, um, a picture so it's this little table where my kids eat, and we uh, are in my bedroom, and so we have two chairs from the kitchen and the kids' um, table. And the kids are chained to the couch. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the kids are downstairs with my husband watching a movie, so we can record in peace. Um, the kids were pretty upset that we took their dinner table. So shout out to the kids! Thanks for sponsoring this episode. Exactly. <laughs> Our first sponsors, my children, and their table. No, but this is just, you know, we were just talking with Bella today how when you start something, whatever business you start, uh, unless you have all the fancy studios and all the fancy whatever you need, whatever business you're starting, usually what is people like, oh, I started something in my garage, or I started something and I was recording, which for us, right? Mm-hmm. You started recording. The first one, where was it? In your closet. <laughs> So we've upgraded from that. I would say this is an upgrade for sure. Um, we are out of the closet, and now, now we are um, now we in the room, <laughs> a room. And we had to turn off the air conditioning because it was loud. It was making noise, and we could hear it. So we turned the air conditioning. So everybody in my house is suffering because I am doing this podcast. We're and- sitting in a pool of sweat. Pretty much. Well, it's going to start All for soon. you guys, all, right? All for you guys. Um, so comment, uh, rate a podcast, follow us on social media at Moments That Define Us. Uh, our email is momentsthatdefineus at gmail.com. You can always submit your stories, questions, uh, concern, um, whatever, whatever, the, whatever you need, whatever you need from us. But um, should we get in? Should we talk about the last episode we did? Yeah, the last episode was awesome. We got some great feedback, and we actually had some people submit stories after we released the podcast, and we thought um, we could share them at the beginning of this one. And if you want to hear more about the topic, you can go listen to our previous episode. 
And for those of you who don't know, our last podcast was about filters. So somebody submitted their story about filters. So this is what they said. I think it's so hard to find a healthy balance between showing your authentic self on social media and only showing the good stuff. Working in TV, for example, has made me terrified to post anything without makeup because I feel like people will call me a catfish. We don't have filters on TV, of course, but recently at an event, a viewer came up to me and told me, I'm so ugly in person, now I, so now I want to use filters even more. Wow. So that's somebody who works in television. And also, I just think if you have something negative to say, just don't fucking say it. That's, that's a bully. That person is a bully and that is a trash person. But also, that's the reality. I mean, TV, like, this person is very intelligent and has worked hard to be where they are and to have somebody still judging them based off their looks, even though they've accomplished so much, is really sad. Yeah, I, ju- I just feel like when you, have, when you have a critique to give, right, feedback on, on the work somebody's doing then then yes you know I think feedback is good because it makes us do better and try something different try to be better version of ourselves but when somebody straight up come to you and say I think you're so ugly in person why why even why are you taking energy out of your life and using this towards this negative thing no and I think there's I listened to this podcast the other day about how he was calling out bullies and he was like, they're trash people. And he's like, before you come at me and say, I'm doing the same thing bullies would do. He said, there's a difference between somebody being mean to just be mean and calling people out on their bullshit. Exactly. Right. So this person's trash. Yeah. And yeah. we're not being a bully by saying that. Cause that's not okay. But yeah, that's really uncomfortable and it's sad because society's put so much pressure on this person and now they don't even feel comfortable. Presenting themselves without a filter, and then and then she said, um, "Now I feel like I need to use more, right? Mm-hmm. More filters. More filters. Uh, there is. I feel like there is so much uh, to to dig in, and we will talk more in in other episodes on on beauty, the idea of beauty, right, and and all of that. But please, people out there, if you have just some horrible thing to say." about somebody's look especially or anything just don't just just, just don't. don't and someone also reached out to me um in our last episode i talked about how i wear filters and i have a big nose i'm jewish hashtag, hashtag jewish and proud <laughs> hashtag jewish and proud but they commented they're like how come the filter makes your nose smaller and i thought that was a good point is the filter is creating the standard like who decided that a small nose was beautiful yeah, who, you know? the bigger question, right, is who is behind the filters and who is deciding these beauty standards yeah. for us, right? Yeah. Because we're not even deciding them anymore. You know, and the big eyes and, like, they decide your eyebrows, the shape of your eyes, the shape of your lips. So, Isn't... yeah, so it's better not to use, just show your authentic self. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, still not, still not liking filters. Yeah, well, anyways, if you want to hear more about that, go to our past episode, The Reality of Filters. Um, But for this episode, we have a very special topic. Today, we are going to be talking about menstruation, period, 
blood coming out of your hoo-ha. I, I wonder how many times we will say hoo-ha in this episode. <laughs> Anyways, for anybody out there, if you can count how many times we say it, Maybe you should. Maybe it can be a drinking game. Take a shot every time I say hoo-ha. Yeah, you have two shots. Maybe three. You welcome people. <laughs> Anyways, it's something that's so taboo, and half the population goes through it, or has gone through some sort of menstruation, and it's still like, oh, don't talk about it. Hide your tampons. Hide whatever products you're using to heal it. Speaking of hide your tampons and this topic being a taboo. So I remember like being at a club, you know, when girls always like, oh, and when a girl asks another girl, do you have a tampon? It's this like, um, you have to ask like, do you have a tampon? And then sure. Yes, I uh-huh. do. Right. And, and you can't even like it has to be this like it has to be like a drug deal like you can't just hand it in person it's got to be like secret under the mission table. come with me to the bathroom and hand me there <laughs> so only the the female can see it right i don't know it's just it's to me it's like i mean i'm not saying to go around the club and like wave your tampon <laughs> oh my god this is gonna get oh my god that's a nice image of my head <laughs> Blood squirt. Okay, anyways. No, <laughs> don't don't go there. It's yes, no, we're don't done. go there. Okay. But you know what I mean? It's like it's this like secret mission. Come with me and like get give it to me there so nobody can see it. Well, and I saw this product on Amazon. You know how you have to hide alcohol to bring it into club where you can. Put... I don't know. Do you know how to hide alcohol? Well, I usually buy my alcohol at the club. Well, sometimes it's expensive or whatever. But there was a tampon you could put alcohol in a tampon it looked like a tampon case it wasn't an actual tampon it was like in the plastic inserter uh um to bring it into like clubs or things so you didn't have to buy it there and i was like of of course it would work because a security guard that's checking your bag he sees a tampon he's gonna run for the hills yeah so of course it's (laughs) you know it's not brilliant It's, it's a million dollar idea right there oh my maybe we'll touch the link in this episode so you can get one if you are so inclined to. Yeah. If you want to bring, uh, if you want to bring your alcohol in a tampon looking container, I encourage men to do that. Yeah. The, oh yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that. Anywho. Um, so all jokes aside, right? Because, you know, funny, all of that uh, tampon container bring to the club. <laughs> But all jokes aside, this topic when you say period or menstruation, it's like it makes people uncomfortable. And I'm not just talking about men, right? And uh-huh. again, not generalizing. So, like, I'm not saying all the men feel uncomfortable. But, like, yes, they do. And even for some women, right? Like like I said, at the clubs, like, oh, my gosh, let's not. Because it's like it's this shame that we, that we feel, uh-huh. that we feel, um, you know, around a period. So have you ever, like, felt any shame or maybe somebody shamed you, like, at school? I don't know, just that you felt like, oh, my gosh, I'm like... I feel like I used to have a lot of shame about it, and now I don't, and we'll get into it later in the um, podcast, but I've done a lot of work around it. But I've had just a horrendous time with my period. I've had really bad period cramps, as I'm sure most people people that menstruate out there can relate to um 
But what, what but about shame? Yeah. What shame wise? Um, I feel like in school when we were doing our, uh, health class, mm-hmm. when we were learning about like getting your period. Um, I remember in middle school in fifth grade, we took, we had a sex ed and the men went to one room and the women or the girls went to the other room. What grade was it? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. And, um, the guys learned about how like their balls were going to drop and they were going to get a deeper voice. And they came, they came out of the class and they're like, yeah, my balls already dropped. <laughs> oh 10 years God. old. And then we went into a class and they were telling us about, um, you know, periods and how like you have eggs and the uterus and they're talking about all that. They didn't go into much detail, but I remember them saying, this is something that you need to keep to yourself. This is, you know, it's gross, but I mean, it wasn't like, this is gross and you should hide it. They weren't so blunt, but it Mm -hmm. was pretty blunt. They didn't teach us like, you know, how to take care of it. it was like, here's a tampon here's birth control and we're 10 years old i'm like oh my god what is this and they're talking about how it can like stop you from having your period and how it's gonna come and they were talking about the blood coming out and how it's painful and i remember like girls were like walking out of there crying i don't remember so much what they said but i remember the emotion it gave me yeah i remember girls were coming out of that class like crying and and I'm sure those the, those the were happy happy tears. No, they weren't happy tears. They were horrified. They're like, I don't want to get this. I don't know what this is. This sounds like a nightmare. I can't believe I'm going to have this the rest of my life. And like you're ten, so you can't process it. And then just compared to the men, where they're coming out like, yeah, I'm a big husky guy. And I remember the guys kept like sneaking into the room to try to like to girls' room. Yeah, to the like to our classroom where we were learning about mm-hmm. it to see. Um, what was going on and what videos we were watching. And it was just like, it was really embarrassing. And that was like very shameful. And I think that's where like the shame initiated. You know, it's, um, it's interesting the the education, right. That, that we get, that we get around that. Uh Like for me, I don't remember. I don't remember getting anything about period. Like I don't remember learning about this. No, and it's awful. And they give you period books, and most of it's like, your hormones are going to change, and you're going to be attracted to guys, and you're going to grow hair down there. I don't even remember reading a book. Really? Um, I don't even remember reading that. But you know what's interesting? So I'm listening, you know how like I have yeah. CDs in my car, right, that you shamed me about it last oh, week? Oh, yeah. So... Uh, so this book I'm listening to is by Gabrielle Union, and she said, we're going to need more wine. And so she talks about, and she's now... She just turned 50, I think, right? So she, this book, she talks about, you know, about her childhood and growing where she grew up and all of that. But I remember specifically uh, because how you just talked about how it was in your school, right? So she was talking about how it was like basically the education that they got is when you get your period, then you can get pregnant basically by getting your period. How that all education was wrong and then she had yeah, to like... Yeah, exactly. And it's like horrifying. It's like when you get your period, like you're going to become sexually active and you're going to get pregnant and die. That's the only, only possible outcome. And, and it's again, like, and I don't know, I would, I would want, I, I'm just wondering how it is now at school, like what mm-hmm. type of, and I'm sure it changed because, you know, Gabrielle Union, she's again, she's just turned 50. So she was talking, you know, like, I don't know, 40, 30 years ago, however, when she was in, I don't know when she got her period, but anyway, and then how how I had it, right? Or like I don't yeah. remember having any education. And then 
which you had some 10 years ago. Yeah, you had some, but then it wasn't really. No, it wasn't great. And I think a man taught it, which was even, even better. The man taught it. Mm -hmm. Hide it. (laughs) What a great lesson. Hide it. Hide because it's. No, and for those of you who don't know, um, the vagina is just the opening canal. The entire thing is actually called the vulva, and that was something I just recently learned. And in the sex ed class, they they didn't go over anything like that. And it was like I can't believe I don't even know my own body part's name. Yeah, they didn't even teach that. So, something I wanted to ask you if you feel comfortable talking about is: Are you on birth control currently? I feel like this is an interesting topic. Yeah, I'm all for birth control, unlike. People in the States where they saying that abortion should be illegal, birth control should be illegal, everything should be illegal. You know what? Why don't we... I'm going to get in my soapbox. Yes, I am. There why, she is. why don't we let women choose what they want to do with their body, okay? Mm-hmm. And don't be the judge of what I or any other woman wants to do with their body. Here's, here's also a thing. When people say... When people say, oh, people that are... uh, I don't believe that anybody is pro-abortion, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that nobody is out there saying, yay, let's all get abortion, right? It's There are situations out there that women go through that sometimes abortion is necessary, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever the, the case may be. Again, it's her body and she should decide what she should do with her body. So nobody's out there saying, let's all go get abortion. But if abortion is needed, I feel like there should be... It's not an easy... Safe place, right? And it's not an easy choice Yeah, to do. It's not an easy surgery. It's not like walking in and like, I'm just going to get an abortion today. Thank you. Right. And it's, and it's emotionally painful, right? So... If that should be done, then there should be safe place to do it. What was your question before? What did you ask me? Because I went on my soapbox and I... I, Oh, are you on birth control? um, Yes, I am. Um, Yes, I am. I... um, And do you have a positive experience with birth control? I do. I have IUD and I love it. We have two very different stories here, which is kind of fun because I am... I hate birth control. I don't think it should be taken away though and I think it's everybody's right to do what they want and I think if it works for your body but it doesn't for mine so you said you hate birth control Mm -hmm. that's a very strong word and I want you to elaborate on that why you hate it so I've had horrendous periods I've just very painful cramps and every time I've gone to the doctor their response is to put me on birth control so I remember in High school, the doctor gave, put me on the NuvaRing. Uh-huh. Do you know what that is? It's the like rubber band looking one. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. You take it out once a month. Um, and I remember I had the worst headaches. My body just doesn't react well with the hormones. I just okay. had really bad headaches. I hated everyone. I just felt, I just didn't feel like myself. Um, so I just stopped it. And then I went in again to the doctors in college. This is a story. So, um, in college, I had a really bad cramp once that I actually like fainted from the pain. Oh my! In the bath- yeah, and so I went to the hospital, and I remember them looking in there, and they're like, "It was it was a male doctor, which was really fun. That was great." And I remember he did 
looked inside of my hoo-ha. Uh-huh. I don't know. He spread it open, spread the cheeks open, and went in there. His whole head, everything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't find anything wrong with me. It was like, you just had painful periods. And I was like, thumbs up. Thank you so much. Like, that was so unnecessary. So then I went to... Um, the school doctors, I said, I have painful cramps and they're like, okay, well let's get you on some birth control. Um, I was like, well, hormones aren't great for me. And they're like, let's put you on the lowest dose of an IUD. Mm -hmm. Um, so I went on the IUD. Okay. So it gets even better. So, so you were saying that you, so every time you would go and ask what something, you know, something's wrong. Something's I, wrong. I, I'm having, and I feel like this is something most women struggle with is they go to a doctor and they say, I'm having a painful period. And they're like, their first instinct is to put them on birth control, which now that I've done research is not great. And I know doctors can't be experts in everything, but certain symptoms with periods are related to certain deficiencies and different things going on in the body, which I think is important for doctors to investigate instead of just throwing them on birth control to cover up the symptoms. So anyways, they recommended the IUD. <laughs> and I remember I got it inserted and it was so painful. And for you, those of you who've not had an IUD, those of you who have, you know what I'm talking about. They don't give you any painkillers or anything. You've had an IUD. Was it so painful? No, for me... Um, and, and I, I like IUD. Yeah. So for me, I've, I've been now on it for almost, um, close to four years, right? Because I got it after my son was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so f- like to, to insert in it, I mean, it, it's not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's for me, right? I'm just speaking from mm-hmm. my experience. It wasn't painful, but it was very uncomfortable, right? It's like crampy. It's, it, th- that's exactly, that's what it is. It's kind of like period cramp right so but once it was there it was um did you not feel anything I do not feel anything did you not have like cramps for the next few days um you know what it's been such a long t- like it's so I can't remember yeah. like right at the beginning blocked out the pain too well, too traumatic for you like I, I had I had two <laughs> I had two childbirth so uh, you know pain like I don't know what pain anymore <laughs> god that's what I'm scared of giving birth because I can't handle this but anyways when I was I guess it was really painful for me, but I walked out of there and I went to work. And then later in the day, I fainted because I had again, a, again because I had a cramp, and it was so painful. And I I was working, I was a paddleboard instructor, uh-huh. and I was out in the sun, and I just fainted. And this one was like, "Are you okay, Miss?" It was like I was sitting down, so I like kind of like went unconscious. And she, I was like, "Yeah, I'm just having really bad cramps." And she gave me some ibuprofen, but. Um, do you think you fainted from the sun or from the cramp? You had it was a, a cramp. Was I remember, a, or it could have been both, but I remember having like a severe cramp. I was like, "Oh my god, this is bad!" Um, and then I called the doctors and I told them what happened, and they're like, "Yeah, like that's okay." Like they were just like, "Oh, it was kind of like I was a nuisance." I was calling them, and they're like, "Oh, just another female being dramatic about her body, right?" Like that was the response I got. Um. And then, um, funny story. So I was with my parents, my family in Mexico. Okay. I think like a month later when I had my IUD. After IUD. After IUD. Quick story. I pulled out the IUD, but I'm going to tell you how I did it. But, um, we were. By yourself, DUI? (laughs) DUI. DIY. Oh, not DUI. (laughs) What is, oh, DUI is when you're driving drunk. (laughs) 
<laughs> I should have done it when I was on a drink. But anyways. Um, we were in Mexico, and I was just, like, angry. I was crampy. It just never settled down for me. And I was like, I think it's the IUD. I got to get this thing out of me. And no, it was late one night. Me no. and my brother were out drinking. And then he came back. You know, you drink in Mexico. And he was he was asleep, and there was a bathtub in there. So I was like, if I sit in the bath, I sat in the bathtub for an hour and I watch YouTube videos about how to pull out an IUD by yourself in the middle of Mexico, got out of the bathtub. I was like, okay, I'm relaxed. Sorry. Like this is going to be very like graphic for a second. Stuck my hand up there, found the string between my pointer and my middle finger, barely grabbed it and pulled it out. I'm having physical pains in my hoo-ha. Yeah. Yeah. Right now as you're talking. (laughs) Followed this. And I pulled it out. I felt like I gave birth to something. I was so proud <laughs> I taped it in my diary and I still did have you, it. Did you do skin to skin? Also, do you know what skin to skin is? No. When you give birth to it, because you said, I felt like I gave birth. So when you give birth to a child, right? And so you put your child... Out blood and all. and It's very beautiful. Stop talking about a childbirth okay, like that. So you put your child, like who is, of course, has no clothes Juicy. on. You put it on your bare skin, and, and so it's skin to skin. So did you put your IUD that you pulled out? It's no. a, it's a joke. Let's let's pass, <laughs> pass, pass. I feel like I have to explain the joke to you, so it doesn't. Wow! So you pulled IUD by yourself? By myself. And... Did you? Okay. So I have no so many questions. First of all, I feel like it's unsanitary. Uh, yeah, probably. I washed my hands before I did it. Did you go to the doctor off, like, when you came Mm -hmm. back from Mexico and you never had, like, any infections No, I never went to the doctor, but I did, you know, the yearly checkup and they stick the whole spatula in there and I've never had infections. Okay, so after that you went to the checkups, everything you checked? No, yeah, I didn't go, like, right after to the doctors. But you went... I probably should have and don't, don't take my advice and do it. I'm yeah, not that, a doctor. Yeah, don't don't pull that thing out of your hoo-ha by yourself. Please. D- but I mean, if, like if you pull tampons out, I kind of, that's what my logic Different was. thing. Different, no, uh-uh, not the same thing. No, guys, this is just <laughs> insanity. It's one-off. It's it's one of those one-off stories. And it was a little bit, it, it wasn't as painful as getting it inserted was, pulling it out. There was like... I don't think I felt anything. I think there was like a slight cramp because it's going through your cervix. Yeah. Um. But yeah, anyways, that's a fun story. Also, I want to tell you guys a funny story about um, funny periods. Um, my best friend about having shameful periods. Mm-hmm. Going back to that topic again. my One of my good friends in high school, she, when she first got her period, I remember she came to school crying and I was like, what happened? And she was like, I was in the dentist's office with my dad and my little sister and I was in the bathroom and my period started and my sister started screaming and she was, oh my God, there's blood. Why are you bleeding? Because her younger sister didn't know what a period was and didn't understand. So she's screaming. So she runs out of the bathroom and goes get her dad and she's running through the like dentist's office. My sister's bleeding. My sister's bleeding out of her vagina. Like, I don't know. What's going on. Oh my gosh. And she was like, it was so embarrassing. And my dad comes into the bathroom like she was like it was just a traumatic event and i feel like that's you know oh my built up shame like you know the I'm everybody, sure everybody in the has dentist, a story about that everybody in the dentist's office because when somebody comes and say my sister is bleeding without giving any more details <laughs> yeah. 
And she was like, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm okay. So that, yeah. Anyways. Anyway, so you, what type of IUD do you have? The one where I don't have period. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, um, a friend of mine, we were talking, like I talked to her before I decided to get this one. And she, so there's the two different ones. There's one that, that you have, uh, that you have period and it's heavy. And then there's another one. The that, copper one, right? The copper one. Yeah. And then there's another one where it's just local hormones. Like, so the, it's just, like the hormonal one. Yeah. But it's not, it's not supposed to, um, spread throughout your body. Yeah. It's just what they call it is just local hormones. So before I did that, before I did the IUD, mm-hmm. you know, I did research and then of course, like, you know, I talked to my, my, my girlfriends to, to see what, like what their thoughts. And so a friend of mine said that she used to have the one, the one that I have, the one, the hormonal one. And she said, is it Moderna? Moderna. That it affected her that it was, she was also like, you know, like had mood swings uh-huh. and she was, you know, just, it affected her Lots of side effects. Yeah. It, it had th- those side effects for her. Uh, and so she said, then she switched to the other one and she's like, you know, I don't mind, I don't mind the, the, mm-hmm. the period. And so she has that one. She said, I feel different. And for me, and again, it's like, you know, it's like, like anything you try, right. It has, everybody have different reactions to it. Right. So then, like I said, just like with anything, you know, some people the reaction to, to the, to different birth control is, is different. So for me, I have that one that has the, the local hormones and I don't feel the effect on me like mm-hmm. it did to my friend. So I like it. And so, and on this one, I don't, I don't get any, any periods. I feel like I get maybe like a little, but it's not even to compare, right? Like just a little cramps like when the period's supposed to come but but very very mild oh that's awesome what was your periods like before you got like 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 when i have yeah um they like i wouldn't say that they were super painful i mean definitely the first two days they were painful but i was kind of weird about taking medication you know Mm -hmm. so a good friend of mine she would always take mydol right Mm -hmm. i think mydol that's the right one it's like a little, little blue pill and i was like I don't know. I just, and you know why I felt weird and, and, and I don't know, like, what do you think of that? But because, you know, there's some women in the world, you know, even in the United States, other countries, you know, that they can't, that they don't have access to feminine products, right? Mm -hmm. That they, that they don't have access to this, you know, simple medication that, that, that I myself can buy here. So I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's weird, but I was just, I felt like that I, that was me somehow, I don't know if supporting is the right word, but I'm just going to go with it. Cause I'm like, I yeah. am so, what's the word? I am so lucky, right? Yeah. That I am so privileged that I have access to everything, but there's so many women and girls that, you know, that you hear that cannot go to school for a week because they don't have the access yeah. to care. And then, you know, that's how things, and then women can't go to school and they never finish school. And then it just, the cycle, you know, circulates. Yeah. So I just, I, I was weird. I would have sometimes painful period, but I wouldn't take any medication for no, it. That's impressive. But yeah, I understand what you're saying because that's so sad to think about that 
girls out there don't have access to this and fighting through something like that is just I just think that you know sometimes we have so easy comparatively right Mm -hmm. again I don't want to I don't want to say because I don't want to say that everybody in the United States has easy access because we don't right Mm -hmm. um but Right? Like, I know you and me can go to Target, get whatever feminine product we need, and that's it, right? We pay money and we and, and we are on our way. But there's so many women here, even in the United States and, and in other countries that don't have access to that. And so mm-hmm. I, encourage, I encourage you out there, our listeners, to find organizations that support this type of work to where you yeah, can either and we'll, we'll find something i was going to say let's find something and we'll put it in the comment section or in the description yeah for our podcast. Um, find yeah. some organization that's do this type of work to where you can either uh donate money to where they you know and they buy the products or you can buy products or and just uh, spreading the word about what they do i feel like is also huge if you can't yes yeah donate any money um yeah, there was this organization, um, I can't remember, I'll put it, I'll find it and I'll put it in the description, and they actually created jobs for women in these, um, you know, countries that weren't able to afford, afford um, feminine care. Feminine care. Um, it was actually, I think, there's a specific country in Africa, I can't remember the name, but um, they had the women create the feminine products and then sell them to mm-hmm. one another, so it was like a whole cycle, so the women were making money and then... It was like really affordable for the woman to buy them, and vice versa. And women, all women supporting women. women that's yeah. that's awesome, mm-hmm. Isabel. I wanted to ask you a question. Um, kind of how you take care of yourself now when it comes to your period and dealing with cramps, because you mentioned at the beginning all of this horrific stories about you know pulling IUDs and having cramps and. Um, fainting and you know doctors kind of weren't able to help you or maybe you didn't find the right one so I wanted to ask you what you do now and how how you deal now with your period how you take care of yourself now watch lots of tiktok videos I'm just kidding oh yes people you know tiktok watch social media that's where you get that's where you do all of your research (laughs) no but in all honesty um it's sad because I feel like my story is not even that bad and I've heard way worse horror stories, but I've done a lot of research on my own. That's really helped me. And I think it's important to talk to your doctors, but in a sense, I feel like my doctors, they haven't failed me, but they've almost let me down mm-hmm. and I don't think it's their fault. I just don't think it's a well-studied topic, unfortunately. Well, it's your story, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and if you feel like that they did, right? Because, yes, you should always, like, we are not a doctors, so this advice, or not even, these stories are from our own experience, right? So, like we said, please don't pull your IUDs out. Go to the doctor uh-huh. and do, do it there, you know, and, and... Pull out your IUD in front of the doctor. No, <laughs> have them do it but so this is uh, these are just our stories right so mm-hmm. so when Isabella is talking about the doctors it's her story so if that's that's perfectly yeah, fine and to so, like that um this is gonna surprise people but I hate in my period I feel like it, there's a lot of shame of oh I have to go through this thing once a month this is gross but I've done a lot of work and I actually love my period I know how to work with it now and that's something that I've had it put a lot of work into it but I hope my story I'll talk about more 
um, what I've had to do mm-hmm. or inspire other people because if you've got to deal with it, you might as well make the best out of it. Um, but I've read a lot of books. Um, I've read the period repair manual. I'll put these links in our um, description. And this one was about repairing your period. And this was written by a doctor and then hormone intelligence about how to balance your hormones. Um, but for example, I have a lot of cramps and in the period repair manual, she talks about how a lot of women are actually magnesium deficient, um, just with everyday stress and everything that's going on. Um, when we get stressed, our magnesium depletes itself. So our body flushes it out to prepare for battle or whatever, because magnesium helps relax the body. Um, and we have so many more stressors now than we did back in the day. And back in the day, it was a tiger. Now, you know, you get an email and like your hormones get flushed with adrenaline right. and that adrenaline and that magnesium is released. Um, and there's a lot of magnesium and leafy greens and all that, but like I said, everything is modified. So we're not getting enough of that. So one of her recommendations was, try magnesium. So I've been taking magnesium and it has helped my cramps immensely. I don't have, I don't have fainting spells anymore, anything. And I still have, I still have painful periods. I'm not going to say my periods are a delight and a joy to have. Right. Um, but that has really helped. Another one that really helped for me is I get really bad, like, um, breast tenderness and swelling. And she talked about how that might be a sign of iodine deficiency. So I've been incorporating iodine into my diet and I've actually noticed a difference. And she also mentioned in this book where it takes up to three months to start noticing a difference because, you know, it takes time for your body to absorb these vitamins and process them. So um, I just like to keep that in mind whenever I'm doing things because it does take time. Um... Something else that I've noticed, I don't know what it is, but in the summer, my periods aren't as painful, so I think it's a vitamin D deficiency, so... Maybe, yeah, because so, and because in the summer, we are outside more. Mm-hmm, so I'm going to try, because my periods are always more painful during the winter. Um, B vitamins have helped me. Another big one, this, this is funny, I saw this on TikTok. This girl was talking about, she's like, if you don't want painful period cramps, don't eat dairy. And I'm lactose intolerant, so I shouldn't be eating dairy anyways, but I tried a no month of not eating dairy with magnesium and all of these other things. And it was great. Um, I felt did it help. Yeah. Yeah, it did help. And then another one for cramps. Um, like Irina said, I don't want to take ibuprofen all the time. It's not, I mean, it's not like it's awful and I do it in emergency situations, but I feel like it's not great for your body to be just pounding down ibuprofens. So turmeric is something that's really helped me. Turmeric and chamomile tea helps with my cramps. I feel like turmeric is very like, um, trendy right now you know it's this it's this spice that people use before but now you know sometimes people can take something that you know that people use for generation mm-hmm. but this um hipsters will do it and say oh it's it's you know it's almost like it's a we, nice big thing turmeric we, solves it's, everything it's the next big thing right yeah um, your eyes falling out they're like honey just take some turmeric and walk it off you'll be fine this no turmeric um my husband used turmeric in a, in a lot of cooking, so does my mom. So it's, um, yeah, but... It's probably why you never had period cramps, because your mom uses it. Well, I also have IUD, so that's that's the big reason. Well, yeah, okay. But <laughs> uh, also, this is a fun fact that I realized. So um, I'll get into details here, but 
the work day is built on men's hormones and not women's hormones. Oh my gosh, I'm so surprised! I know, so... I'm not an expert on it. From what I remember, it's, I think, men's testosterone, it's, like, highest in the morning, and then it's, like, lowest at night, and they're on a 24-hour cycle. Women are on, as we know, a monthly cycle, so we have different hormones through different phases in our cycle throughout the month, um, which is really interesting, and so this period repair book has um, taught me a lot about the different hormones that I have each month and how to live my best life according to these hormones. So this is some fun facts that I wanted to share with you. So um, did you know that there's like different ways you can work out within different times of your cycle that is like not best for you, but like like you're stronger at certain times in your month than you are at others and you're better at cardio than other times in your month than others. Really? Which is interesting. Yeah. It would be helpful to know, you know, when I had my period. Right. And so I wanted to go through this. So first I'm just gonna go through the cycles, which if you're bored you can black this out. But there's the menstrual phase, there's four cycles or there's four phases. There's the menstrual phase, which is actually the beginning of the cycle. Did you think it was the end of the cycle? I thought it was the end of the cycle. When your period starts? I haven't had for so long. I don't know what the cycles are anymore. You don't even care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, when your period starts, that is the first day of your cycle. Um, and then your follicular phase is when your body is getting ready to release the egg. And then you have the ovulation where the egg is released. That is the middle of the cycle. And then you have the luteal phase, which is your body, you know, preparing for the egg, and then if there's no egg that's developed, then it sheds its lining, and then all over again. But let's start with the menstrual phase. So your period started um, during this time of the month. It is best to do like light exercises. This is common sense. I think this one is common sense. Light exercises like yoga and stretching and whatnot, because your body's recovering clearly, um, and. This is the time, actually, where you don't want to see people. Like, your hormones, like, actually reject people. And I've become aware of this. So, I know when my period's coming, I'm like, it's time to, like, settle in, journal, meditate, because you're best, like... Be- because is that is that when you become, like, the hormonal and you angry and you can... No, this is right before. But it's also during this. But it's, like, your brain is better at, like, processing. Like, okay. thinking about things and, like, starting new projects and things like that matter. Okay. Um Anyways, that's that's about that. Just relax, watch TV, spend reflect time inwards. The follicular phase when your body's getting ready ready to release the egg. Um, this is when uh, what is it? Your estrogen is increased, and this is the time when women are most likely to cheat on their husbands. Oh, boyfriends or our boyfriends or oh, significant other significant yeah. other significant other partner partners which is funny because this is a time so back in caveman periods when you were looking for a mate because this is you know when you were likely to get pregnant and the, any species wants to reproduce so this is a time when now that i know these things i notice is like when you want to go out, when you'll be the most social, when you'll be the like, most flirtatious, actually when you have like the most confidence in yourself. Um, so during this time of the month, you're really good at, you know, strength training and um, like harder exercises like that because your body has more strength to fight off 
potential males that you don't want to sleep with, which is like horrible. But like, you know, now that I know this, I'm like, I'll do my strength training during this phase of my cycle, um, which is really funny. And then to find the man that you don't want. Exactly. Um, this invisible man. Are you, are you physically fighting them in the gym? Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes just, I just, do. I just go up to a man and I just punch him in the face. Um, also, don't do that. Don't do that. I was just joking. But emotion-wise, um, you'll have a boost in energy and positive mood during this time. Ovulation. So this is when you are, like, fertile, right? So you have extreme confidence during this time. Even you more than you had more before. Oh. You are a badass woman. This is a time when you have like extreme energy, high hit workouts, high intensity interval training. So strength training with cardio, you're gonna be able to do this. Your body's gonna be at its like highest peak. But ovulation, I think it's it's only for one day. The egg is released for one day. Um, and then f- the next phase is the luteal phase. So this is the end. Your, this is like. The end of it, this is when your body is building up the lining Mm -hmm. and preparing for an egg that has potentially been spermatized or what is it? Fertilized or whatever. Fertilized. Fertilized. Um, So this is a time when it's actually, you want to be with like community based. So you're actually like very loving and like affectionate towards like your significant other or people around you because babies and your offspring does best in a community based and communities. So this is when Interesting. you're when you're more likely to be, you know, you're really friendly and you want to make a lot of friends and just like have that good community. So if you are potentially pregnant, your baby has a community. S- community to grow up in. Um how wonderful. Yeah, and so this is the time to do exercises that um stress relief. Like I do a lot of cardio during this time. I feel like my body performs really well with cardio during this. Um and yeah, and if you want to learn more about things like this matter, this is I learned this all from the period repair manual. So okay, and and we we will put the, the, these two books if you are interesting to read them because obviously as as we hear Isabella speak, she've learned so much and and how to you know love your body and, and love your period and how to take care of yourself yeah. during during that time. Exactly, and so she talks about how your period each month is like you know, a sign of how your body's performing and if you need to do other things. And like I said, cramps was a sign that I was deficient in certain vitamins. And so now I look at it as a different way of like internalizing what my body needs and how well I'm performing. And if there's a lack in anywhere, instead of like, ugh, this awful thing, it's a time to reflect inward and being like, is there anything that's off balance? But I like what you said that now you know what you need to give to your body for you to feel better in it, right? And and yeah. I think it's 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 important to know all these things, right? Mm-hmm. You just got more knowledge, and more knowledge, knowledge. and yeah. knowledge is power. And I feel like I have a much much better lifestyle, and I feel much better about my life and my body. I feel like I had like, a, like I hated my body. We were butting heads, and now I'm like one with my body. I'm like, and I don't take magnesium every day. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not good at that. And so when I slack on it, I can tell. You and feel I, it. I feel it. And I get worse cramps. And it's like, okay, my body's like, you know, if you don't do this, this happens. But it's just a nice way to, like, reflect on what I need. Well, Bella, my boo, you did <laughs> such 
an amazing job doing the research. Um, Isabella is the researcher between the two of us. And I, because you love, and I love how much you love this topic, right? Aww. And how much passion you have in your voice talking about it. And I think it's so important for for us to share the stories, right? And and we hope that if there's some, you know, some somebody out there who's who's having like all this, you know, cramps or painful period or something, that this books that that Bella recommend help you or her stories. Again, don't take the D- IUD. Is that I- IUD out? Don't do that. <laughs> don't don't take that advice. Not recommended. Not recommended. But but you know what I mean. Like sharing the story is is. I'm hoping that is helpful for for people out there. And the period our bodies, what we're going through, shouldn't be shameful. We should talk about it. No, I think it's. I th- thank you so much, honey boo boo. Yeah. But I think it's so important that we normalize this conversation so women can feel empowered in their body because it wasn't until I read these books that I had, it was a completely different perspective of like 360 turn of how they talked about it and viewed it and it was just so accepting. And so I hope, I hope that if somebody's going through this, they know that they can have a positive relationship with their body and they don't need to fight with it. Yeah. Um, well, Hopefully, this conversation um, was enlightening for you. I know it would be uncomfortable for some. But if you are uncomfortable, ask yourself why, right? You just said we should normalize this. So, yeah, ask yourself why are you, if you are uncomfortable. But hopefully, hopefully not, you know. we ho- Hopefully, we made it fun for you to listen and share some funny and, and, and crazy stories. But... Just so you know, we are all badass women doing badass things, and we can do anything we want. Yeah. And on this note, I am Irina Barnett. And I'm Isabella. And I and I, peace out.